the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. Do you like your gravy thick and rich and loaded with creamy mushrooms? If no one was looking, would you chug the whole gravy boat? Chug, 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 chug. Stay tuned. Here comes Mr. Chugalug himself, Eric Metaxas. Hello there. According to great Marty Allen. Uh, Chris Himes, uh, in case you didn't know. Hello. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd. Happy that's Tuesday. Wh- that's what they're telling me. It's Taco Tuesday. Um, so uh, we've got two got special guests on, coming up today, yeah. and that's just today only. Today, in a couple minutes, we're talking to the great James Lindsay. Yeah. James Lindsay is a very big deal. I won't say this when he's on the air in a couple of minutes, but mm-hmm. I, will t- I will tell – I want my audience to know, first of all – he features prominently in the Letter to the American Church documentary film, which is coming out February 8th. Um, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. And if you go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, and I don't know why you wouldn't, it gives you action points on things on how you can get involved. And let me be blunt. We need everyone to get involved. This is a movement. Um, it's not about my book. It's not about the film. It's about waking up the American church. And I, uh, I hope folks will go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. You can sign your church up for a free screening. And I, that would be my litmus test for a church. If they don't want to do a free screening, I would say, why don't you? What are you afraid of? Is there anything in the film or in the book that's not biblical? Can you help me out here? Because if there's anything unbiblical, I would take it out. I would correct it. Um, but there are some people who are basically falling into the trap. That that's why I wrote the book. That they're they're basically saying, "Well, we don't go there." Is it biblical not to go there? Is that biblical? It is not biblical. So they're kind of thinking that they, they, I got a pass here. Like this is, uh, you know, it's kind of like if if the Bible doesn't mention dinosaurs, dinosaurs didn't exist. Well, no, no, no. Dinosaurs are not unbiblical. They're just not mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. Um, just because the Bible isn't explicit about something, the question is whether it is biblical. Um, it's a theological question. So lettertotheamericanchurch.com. We want everybody to get involved, uh, get your church involved. There's a lot of stuff at the website about what you can do. Um, and in any event, we got James Lindsay coming up any second. But what I was going to say about James Lindsay, um, a number of years ago, this is genius. This is the kind of thing that, you know, John Zmirek would do something like this. It's just so it's just so brilliant. James Lindsay was in the academic world and he decided he was reading all of these insane woke papers. This is at, on a graduate level in these journals and they're being 
and they were there was a level of insanity there that and he and um, his colleague or there were two colleagues decided, you know what, let's write papers just like this, papers that are so insane, but they're, they're ticking all the boxes, the woke boxes, and let's see if we can get them published. They got them all published. It was the biggest scandal. It was the big... So, so James Lindsay so is amazing. Meaning getting them published is a big deal. It has to go through a, a, a rigorous... Well, the, the, well that's the like, point. Research it's like it's, process. It, but that's, it's, no, that's the point. It, it's, it's like it's not a rigorous process because if you're saying the right things... Like it should be an academic... Right. You but know. they proved... That you can get lunacy published if you're saying so the, the right stuff. So the academies have gone crazy, and they well, they proved it. Yes, the university system, yeah. what's called the academy, has gone insane. I mean, we don't need to talk about uh, you know Claudine Gay. I mean, this is a a plagiarist. Uh, these are the heads of these institutions. So these but, academic friends were like, it's gotten so crazy. I bet we could write a paper on the craziest thing yeah. and make it make it seem legitimate yeah. and make sure it checks all the sort of the woke boxes and it'll get approved, yeah. right? And they did yeah. it. Yeah. So that's James Lindsay. So he's my guest in hour one today, and we're going to talk to him about a lot of stuff. In hour two today, we're going to talk about the New Hampshire primary yeah. with Gavin Wax, yeah. uh, who's been on the program before. The New Hampshire primary, which is happening today, yeah. it's, uh, is, is this a big deal? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's um, the fact people that have DeSantis out, you know, just, has put his support behind Trump. Vivek has put his support behind Trump. So you got Nikki Haley, whose real name actually is Vivek Ramaswamy. I think that's isn't the that other, weird. I think that's the other guy. But, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's her real name. I don't think. So. But she goes by Nikki. That's not but anyway, uh, it's going to be very interesting. But we're gonna we're gonna get into it. With, so it'll uh, just be the two of them, right? Uh, yes. So it's like wa- watching sort of a, a, a weird dating show, right? Here's a, it a is, couple is, that doesn't mix so well. Well, you have to understand, the people that are going to vote for Nikki Haley, yeah. many of them are Democrats yeah. and independents. So it's very weird. New Hampshire is weird because it's not a real GOP primary. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you hate Trump and you're an independent or a Democrat, you could switch and you could vote in this primary. So hmm. uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of weird. Anyway, all right. So before we get to James Lindsay, um, I want to mention Socrates Plus. Now, I think I said this yesterday, but this is it's a new digital streaming platform that we have launched. Socrates in the city plus dot com. Socrates in the city plus dot com. If you want to see anything in the future of Socrates in the city, you have to be a member of Socrates Plus. So it's like $5 a month. If you do it for the year, you get two months free. Um, but we've got a lot of upcoming events, and all the live streams will be unavailable unless you're a member of Socrates Plus. If you're a member of Socrates Plus, it's free. So, so the live stream that, you know, that was set up in the last year or so, which yeah. was a new feature, yeah. uh, that cost was, what, 10 bucks, something like that? Well, yeah, we we would charge ten dollars, and by the way, that was, that was a, insanely a cheap. Right. So, but but that's no longer available unless you you now have to be a member of Socrates Plus to watch the Socrates events, and we got a lot of Socrates events coming up. And I want to mention uh, February eighth, yeah, in Seattle, we have a Socrates event. I can't believe it's coming up so quick. February eighth in Seattle, Socrates in the City event with John West. We're talking C.S. Lewis. Scientism. Very, very excited to have John West. He's uh, the head of the Discovery Institute. 
And um, the Discovery Institute, they're, they're the greatest. Yeah, like half yeah. of my Socrates cast come from the Discovery yeah. Institute. They've been on this program. But that event is happening in Seattle. Now, by the way, if you're in the Seattle area or can get there, you want to be there in person. It's, it's, a, it's, it's very, very um, special to be there in person. But most people can't get there. And if you want to watch it live, you have to go to SocratesInTheCityPlus.com and sign up. So I want to be very clear that we're shifting things now. Yeah, so that we're, we're getting with the times. To act right to access most of the content, and we have filmed an entire season already of Socrates in the Studio. Yeah, and those are basically Socrates in the City conversations without the audience of 250 people. Um, we just aired. Well, we put them all out, but um, some of you know uh, the guests that that we have in this first season. We have Andrew Claven. Uh, we have Margarita Mooney talking about beauty. Wonderful. Wonderful conversation. Hadley Arcus. Hadley Arcus, again, one of the greatest legal minds ever. I mean, he's, he's a genius. Uh, he taught at Amherst for 50 years, but also very delightful to, and fun to talk to. Yeah. So we had a conversation about natural law. You, you get a real education, frankly. Socrates and City is about the life of the mind. So I guess I say this to people, and I might as well say it here, when people ask me, well, what's, what's Socrates and City? What is this stuff? A big part of it is the life of the mind, that you, know, you graduate college and you want to continue to be living in the world of ideas and, and you know, thinking and exploring truth. Uh, and, and that's what Socrates uh, Plus will enable you to do because we're going to have way more. We used to just you know, do an event now and again, but we've now filmed an entire season of Socrates in the studio. So you got Socrates in the city events, you got Socrates in the studio events, and then we have a number of other programs. When you go to Socrates Plus, you'll see the other programs. The one that I'm most excited about is a gentleman's guide. Yeah. It's going to freak you out, yeah, people. It's, it's sort of like a, you know the old Anthony Bourdain show, but it's you. It's way better than and, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, it's, it's more, the, the subject matter is about you know, being a gentleman and how to do that. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm buying that. Well, you know. Something like that. Well, it's, it's, it's terrific. All right, so SocratesInCityPlus.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, sign up. Sign your kids up. Um, LetterToTheAmericanChurch.com. LetterToTheAmericanChurch.com. We need your help uh, in getting the word out. It is exciting. Free screenings available for churches only. LetterToTheAmericanChurch.com. We'll be right back with James Lindsay. Don't go away. For more than 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider standing behind their values and their exceptional service. They're an example of putting the cause ahead of profits, and it's why I am proud to partner with them. Starting today, Patriot Mobile is extending their Black Friday deal to the Every Friday Matters deal, and you can get a free smartphone when you switch today. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, our veterans and first responders, and more. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your existing phone, or for a limited time, get a free smartphone from Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash metaxas or call 972-PATRIOT and use promo code FRIDAY76. Again, get a free smartphone with promo code FRIDAY76. This is a limited time offer. Join me, make the switch today. patriotmobile.com slash metaxas or call 972-PATRIOT. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. 
In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time. Anytime you'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar, this puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against the volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com check it out hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hey there, folks. Welcome back. As promised, really special guest, James Lindsay. Dr. James Lindsay, welcome back. Hey, Eric, good to see you. Uh, As I've already said uh, in introducing you, we are so excited uh, that you are prominently featured um, in the Letter to the American Church documentary, which is coming out February 8th. It is so well done. Now, I had nothing to do with that. Uh, The filmmakers, the people who decided to turn my book into a film, documentary film, have just done a spectacular job and that has nothing to do with your interview or the interviews because interviews can be great but the documentary is like you know b minus this documentary is just beautiful um but people have to see it uh to to know that what i'm saying is true but i want to talk to you right now about some of the things that you talk about in the film now for people who are unfamiliar with you how how would you sum yourself up so people can kind of get a handle on you I think the best summary of me that's an extremely brief summary is that I am the Rosetta Stone for woke. Somebody gave me that honor uh, recently, called me that. But I do aspire to be that. Um, I I used to say that I wanted to be DARPA for the culture war. I wanted to be, you know, the the people who build the fancy James Bond weapon so that we can go out and fight uh, this this cultural revolution. But um, I think it's really true that what I do primarily is read Marxist and woke literature, and, and I repeat myself, and decode it for people so they can see through the the language games, through the, the mystifications that are contained within those texts, and understand what their agendas really are. Now, you bring up a, 
a, a key point. Uh, part of the reason, a large part of the reason for the success of wokeism is it is deliberately confusing. It right. aims to confuse so that most people living their busy lives, they don't have time to understand it. And they just go, uh, uh, okay, part of it sounds good. They're against racism, uh, something, something. Uh, okay. In fact, that is the plan of the cultural Marxists is, and, and the critical uh, theory people is to be brilliantly confusing so that people just don't have the ability to kind of get through the cloud of gnats. They, they, they just, uh, you know, and so your job, uh, Rosetta Stone, of course, uh, enabled us to uh, read Egyptian hieroglyphics and we don't need to get into what the Rosetta Stone is, but your job is to help explain like, okay, folks, this is what it is. So give us the nutshell version of that. And of course, in the film letter to the American church, you get into some specifics, but give us the nutshell version of, you know, when we talk about wokeism, when we talk about cultural Marxism, when we talk about critical theory, what what is the connection between cultural Marxism and critical theory uh, and what we now call, you know, woke? Sure. And let me just uh, say that when you say that it's written to be deliberately confusing, there are actually three ways that it's written to to make sure that people don't understand what's going on, just to say it, just so people can hear it. One is to be deliberately confusing and obtuse. I was reading, for example, a little bit of Marx last night for some research that I'm doing, and I wanted to make a point about what I was reading. And I had to basically take two or three paragraphs completely apart and put them back together in a different order. Then it's still very hard to summarize the point he's making because it's just deliberately confusing. But secondly, it's um, deliberately boring. It's written very much to put people to sleep. That's where it looks like, you know, corporate boilerplate all the time. So you're reading it, you're going to, you don't know what it's saying. It's like, oh yeah, it's all these same buzzwords and I'm getting tired. And so you just bail out. And so the document that your kid's school sends home or the university sends or the company sends that you're supposed to go to some training, it just knocks you out. And so you aren't able to to maintain mental focus to understand the evil. And then third of all, um, in the case especially of queer theory, it, it is deliberately transgressive, which is a very polite way of saying you actually cannot read it in public. You can't tell people what's in the queer theory literature directly because it's it, – well, the FCC won't let you. Because example. it's so disgusting. It is so foul. It is so vulgar. They do that on purpose. That's right. So that it won't get read. Right. So actually, it's nice that you're asking me to connect critical theory and cultural Marxism and woke, because that's actually why I was reading Marx last night. I was working on a section and I hope might become a new book. We'll see what happens. Uh, and it is the, the short answer is what is woke and all of these things. This is Marxism. But the, the truth is, and I know this is a, a bad word on your show, is that Marxism evolved over time. The, we can think of it like a virus or a parasite. I'm not, and... I'm not against evolution. I'm just against the the idea of, of evolution when evolution didn't happen. But what you're talking about, ideas evolving, we, we can For go sure. with that. Yeah, I was teasing. But the um, <laughs> I the, know. the ideas did evolve. If we think of it like a parasite or a virus, the host of Western civilization was not letting Marxism in. There were Marxist cells. There was Marxist activity. But if you went around waving a red flag down the street of New York City, 
spouting communist ideas. Most people ignored you. Some people just straight up didn't like you. People would tell you to shut up or something more New York. And it was just not something that was penetrating into Western civilization. So after Marx's prediction that the industrial centers would go to socialism first, after that failed, you had a group of Marxists in the early 1900s that we usually call cultural Marxists. I think the right name for them is more accurately Western Marxists who were trying to devise a different approach. How do you teach class consciousness to workers who don't want to learn it? For example, that's the legacy primarily of George Lukács, a Hungarian Marxist who, who realized that class consciousness has to be taught in stages. Um, how do you infiltrate institutions? That's the legacy of Antonio Gramsci, uh, who um, devised this idea that if we want to get inside of Western civilization, we're going to have to go see how Western civilization produces itself and its cultural institutions, infiltrate those and transform them from within. This turned out to still be a little bit too optimistic. So by the late 1930s, you had what was called the Institute for Social Research, which was at Goethe University in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, it's more popularly known as the Frankfurt School, um, put together this concept called the critical theory. And that was devised and named by Max Horkheimer. And what Max Horkheimer actually said specifically was that the critical theory exists because you can't actually describe an ideal society on the terms of the existing society. We don't have the language. We don't have the vocabulary. We don't have the vision to even explain what a good socialist society would look like. So we don't know what to shoot at. But he said what we can do instead is criticize all of the aspects of the existing society that we wish to change. And so it becomes a relentless wave after wave after wave of criticism. And this was targeted at the culture industry, the movies, the music, and so on. And it still just didn't really penetrate very far into the American psyche, particularly. It did a little bit better in, in Europe. But what happened was in the 1960s, they realized that they were going after the wrong thing. They were going after things that Americans liked. So instead, Herbert Marcuse, who was in charge of the Frankfurt School at the time, said, I have an idea. Why don't we go into the outsiders? Let's go to the racial minorities, the sexual minorities, the feminists, the disgruntled, the, the criminals, and let's stoke them up. And the way we'll do it is we'll use students. We'll indoctrinate students, get a student rebellion going, very much like we had with Mao Zedong in China, which he was watching in the Cultural Revolution, and will unleash them to rile up the racial minorities, sexual minorities, and so on, the outsiders, the people on the margins. And woke gets born out of that. Woke is actually, let's use Marxist analysis, what they call critical consciousness, which is the relentless ability to see problems everywhere, even where they don't exist, and to denounce them so that you become a change agent and to... Uh, Go out and do activism in solidarity with everybody else doing it, which explains why do you have all these socialists in New York or wherever throughout the U.S., Canada, and so on, supporting what's going on uh, in Israel and Gaza, it's taking the side of the so-called Palestinians. And the reason is because the issue isn't the is never the issue for these people. The issue is just the revolution. So anything that tears down Western hegemony anywhere at all ever eventually tears down Western capitalism. So let's go. Okay, so that's, um, you know, even that crystal clear explanation is somewhat confusing. It, it It's so, it, I mean, I guess I just want to say that ultimately what we're talking about is a plan to destroy the world as we know it, a plan uh, to destroy America and the founder's vision of America and self-government. And it's really diabolical. 
And uh, it is planned over decades. And I remember I was in the middle of this at Yale in the 80s, you know, being forced to read Herbert Marcuse and uh, being surrounded by people who were woke before the term was born. And they were they were down with every protest group. You know, it was the the Yale workers uh, or whatever, you know, the cafeteria workers, what you were unionizing or whatever it was. Uh, or I mean, it 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 was already there. Uh, and as I say, I was I was in the middle of it. But of course, you didn't know what was happening. Um, I, I want to talk more about this uh, when we come back. And I want to remind people, folks, I'm talking to Dr. James Lindsay. Um, you can find him at newdiscourses.com. Uh, and he's prominently featured in the film Letter to the American Church, which is coming out very soon. We'll be right back. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Just the other night, I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, and each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's the point. So approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Hey, this is Eric Metaxas. For years, I've told you about Nutramedics, a professional supplement brand trusted by doctors since 1993. Nutramedics offers a variety of health bundles. Whether you want to support your immune system, improve your sleep, promote joint comfort or detoxification support, Nutramedics has a health bundle right for you. The best part about Nutramedics, every year they donate a minimum of 50% of their profits to Christian charities and missions. That's right, 50% of their profits. Nutramedics has a goal of surpassing $100 million in giving, by 2030. Many of you take supplements already. Switch to Nutramedics. It's the highest quality and they donate 50% of their profits. Get 15% off by using the code ERIC during checkout. Go to Nutramedics.com and search health bundles. Support your health while helping others in need. Go to Nutramedics. That's N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Again, Nutramedics, N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Welcome back. Talking to Dr. James Lindsay, prominently featured in Letter to the American Church, the documentary film version of my book, which is coming out real soon. Um, James, uh, you know, what you just said early on in the last segment, it strikes me that when we're talking about wokeism, when we're talking about cultural Marxism, critical theory, um, we talked about how they are deliberately difficult and confusing. And to me, Part of the way we can see this, and we, we, we've seen this over the decades, is this 
the rise of this elitist class, the rise of specialists, the rise of people who say, we're the experts, shut up and go about your little business. We've got it over here. We're smart enough to understand this stuff. You don't need to understand it. That is a contemptuous of the common man. That is contemptuous of common sense. They are contemptuous of common sense and simple logic and clarity. They, they are contemptuous of it. It's kind of Gnostic. It's like a cult. We have the information. We're smart. We're elite. We're powerful. You shut up and do what we tell you to do. At the end of the day, it reminds me of William F. Buckley when he said, I'd rather be governed by the first 300 names in the Boston phone book than by the faculty of Harvard College. Because the specialists at places like Harvard College, uh, they don't have common sense. They've been living in a bubble where they don't need to have common sense. They can be anti-common sense. They can spout lunacy and everybody in the room just nods along like, yeah, we're going to go along with this. And so part of what we're dealing with um, is fundamentally uh, anti the human person, uh, fundamentally uh, anti the little guy, ironically, uh, because communists pretend to be for the little guy, but they're contemptuous of the little guy. They're contemptuous of the deplorable who voted for Donald Trump. They're contemptuous of the person who believes in America, who loves America, who goes to church. They have a profound contempt and they have tried to uh, create a world where they, uh, their elitist, specialist, expert class rules everything. And so that's the way I connect this globalist uh, movement to what you're talking about. That's connected. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's a little it's a little sophisticated, honestly. There's, they've they've unleashed the expert on two levels. They have these high and mighty experts in the colleges and in the institutions, the WHO or the UN or whatever it happens to be. And we all, you know, we just went through the COVID. We all know about having to listen to experts. And then at the same time, they've unleashed within these outsiders that Marcuse was naming, the racial minorities, sexual minorities, and so on, they've unleashed a different kind of expertise, which is what they call lived experience. You don't know what it's like to be black. You don't know what it's like to be gay. You don't know. We know. You don't know. But then the only interpretation of being black or being gay or being a woman or being whatever that's allowed is the one that comes out of the elite universities, the critical interpretation, the critical race theory interpretation of being a racial minority, the uh, sexuality studies or queer theory interpretation of what it means to be gay. We see this even, you know, obviously the biggest example would be when Larry Elder ran for governor and he's the black face of white supremacy. All of a sudden, according to the Los Angeles Times, because he's a conservative. He didn't agree with their perspective. on. Well, that, I guess that's the point is that Clarence Thomas, uh, th they're not interested uh, in somebody like Dr. Carol Swain. They're only interested in their version. So Claudine right. Gay, she's on the team. She gets to speak for us. Uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, uh, Carol Swain, uh, you, you don't get to speak for us because, you know, you're over there in the thinking the wrong things. Larry Elder is the the classic right. example of that in politics. And we have an army, uh, you know, they'll, they could say we have an army of <laughs> middle aged white women with no children who can speak for all of you because they have the right consciousness, which is, again, this same elitism. And fundamentally, this is the same error that socialism always 
produces. It removes the decision-making from the people closest to the decisions being made. Uh, it removes the balance of the variables that matter to the person making the decision. And so in a sense, to put it in kind of terms maybe relevant to Adam Smith in America, uh, it, it destroys the invisible hand of the market and tries to seize the means of production of everything in society. And what happens, of course, is collapse and calamity. It just doesn't work. If you want to solve the problems, you need in society, you need the people who are the closest to those problems, who have actually dealt with those problems, working on those problems. They've poisoned that idea in this concept of lived experience and said, well, it's only actually this idea that we've boiled up at Brandeis and Harvard and UCSD and whatever other elite universities, Stanford, this critical theory, understanding of what it means to be who you are. And if we don't take that and you don't listen to the experts, then, you know, you're a racist, you're an anti-vaxxer or you're a whatever the, the deplorable term happens to be. I mean, Mao Zedong called them counter-revolutionaries and bad elements. Anybody, conspiracy theorists and domestic violent extremists, you know, we've got different terms, but it's the same ideas. It's so fascinating because we are living at a time, it's an exciting time, when many, many people are waking up uh, to the fact that we've been in a war, we just haven't been fighting back. Uh, they they have been fighting uh, on one side and pushing and pushing and pushing. You know, part of the way uh, all of these things have been able to happen, and you know this, James, is that um, most Americans over the last, let's say, 50 years, we haven't been taught civics. We haven't been taught the basics of why our system works, why uh, a capitalism, uh, virtue, uh, having a, a republic along the, the lines of the founder, all of this stuff, why it makes sense, why it's beautiful and good and it's the best possible way forward. If you don't teach that, you create a vacuum. And these folks have been filling that vacuum and filling that vacuum, but we've finally come to this kind of crisis point where people are waking up. We'll be right back. We're talking to Dr. James Lindsay. You can find him on Twitter at Conceptual James. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code ERIC and you get free shipping for the entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers. 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb. Dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more to get the best specials ever. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code ERIC. Again, MyPillow.com. Use promo code ERIC. Remember, you get free shipping on your entire order. You can call 800-978-3057. 800-978-3057. Use promo code ERIC. back folks talking to dr james Lindsay, prominently featured uh in the documentary version of my book letter to the american church coming out very soon really exciting um james uh to to get clarity on this stuff and i was just saying we're living in an exciting moment where i think things have gotten so bad that many people are looking around and saying hey hey wait a minute we were kind of riding along we were trusting the experts 
And now we're getting some glimpses of where the experts are taking us. They've they've been lying to us. They are our enemies. They're the enemies, it turns out, of everything we believe in. And they have sold us this uh, this line that they care about us, they care about the common man, but it's becoming increasingly obvious that they are the devout enemies of reality, of truth, uh, of, of, of the American way in the best sense of the American way, of the God of the Bible. They are dedicated to tearing down uh, all of those things that, you know, we thought we were roughly on the same side as they are. But again, to me, the good news is that thanks to folks like you, it's coming out. We're beginning to see who these people are and how they hate everything we love. Yeah, well, um, we are in an exciting moment. I mean, it doesn't really matter where you look. Uh, this is a little technical and wonky, and we don't have to get into the details, but they had a massive bid to try to control the economy again that they put forth to the SEC recently. The New York Stock Exchange did called natural asset companies, and we put pressure on that, and they withdrew that recently. So no longer do we have that direct threat. Of course, they'll retool it, but we're already aware that they're going to retool it and talking about preemptively being able to block that out. We look at the the meeting in Davos for the World Economic Forum this year, and you have Javier Millet from Argentina. You have Kevin Roberts from Heritage going on and blasting the World Economic Forum to their faces saying, I think Javier Millet's phrase was, you aren't the solution, you are the problem, saying that directly from main stage to their faces. So things are unraveling. And of course, the theme of Davos this year is rebuilding trust as if they can at this point. So yeah, this is an exciting moment. Parents are awake and taking it to the schools. People are filing lawsuits. We're starting to understand. We took down the uh, two lawsuits that had uh, college admissions biased by DEI, which were Grutter versus Bollinger and Backey versus Board of Regents of California in the Harvard and UNC cases that that won last year. And now we have in our sites Griggs versus Duke Power, which establishes uh, the ability to do DEI in the workplace, this entire disparate impact environment that for almost 50 years, we our, our corporations have been working under the fear of being sued for frivolous discrimination lawsuits if they don't bend the knee to what has become the DEI apparatus. That's in the crosshairs now. We're making major progress, um, and it's a very exciting time. Well, I, I, you know, it. somebody uh, once said, you know, the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. We are at that point. The problem yes. with um, uh, cultural Marxism, the problem with DEI, the problem with all of this stuff is eventually you bump up against this thing called reality. So when uh, a Boeing jet, when it, when a door flies out of a Boeing jet, it is a miracle people didn't die and get sucked out into the sky to plummet to their deaths three miles below. That happens. And so suddenly people say, oh, I see what DEI is bringing us. DEI is bringing us workers who don't deserve to have those jobs, but they're in those jobs because they fit some uh, intersectional quota. They got the job. They did a crappy job. And my family will die or could die as a result of that. So right now, I think the people at United, uh, the people at Delta, all these people are scared to death, the people at Boeing, because they realize, oh, yeah, we're on to you now. We don't want to die in the friendly skies. And so 
reality asserts itself. It's an extraordinary thing. And it sort of proves that the DEI model, that all these models don't work. And we're, we're living to see it. What happened with Claudine Gay, another classic example of, you know, the, the, putting somebody in power who is profoundly unethical. And I think a lot of people think, hmm, you know, I thought, I, I don't know what I thought about Harvard, but I thought that they at least had a kind of an honor code, like you don't lie on your papers, like this is basic. It's kind of like in, you know, in, in medical literature or in science, like you actually have to do the work. It's kind of basic. Suddenly that's been revealed. So it, it's like reality is asserting itself. Uh, you, you, you know, I, I think of it as playing against the house. You'll always lose. Reality always wins. God invented reality. And so in a sense, things have gotten crazy enough that we're seeing some of this this bad fruit and people are finally reacting and saying, okay, I, I got to do something. I don't want to die you know, when I'm flying across uh, the country to visit grandma. I, I think we need to, uh, we need to you know, look at this stuff again. DEI is not what it was cracked up to be. Yeah, this is actually why I think this film is so important and your book is so important because the church plays a special role and it needs to stand up too. What I frequently say is that, that the truth can't advocate for itself, but it will eventually assert itself. This is the thing that I've said a lot of times now. Um, and that's where we are. We're starting to see reality assert itself. And as you said, it always wins. There is no beating reality. This is really the story that you see again and again and again and again, especially through the Old Testament and the Bible. You know, People go awry, and then a prophet comes and tries to tell them the truth. And it, only when they finally listen and humble themselves to and do the right thing does stuff start to get back on track. And the church has been caught up in this too. Of course, communists would have infiltrated the churches. And of course, it's going to be necessary for the church to wake up and stand up and push back. I mean, there's that year. It's weird talking to you about this, given Bonhoeffer and everything. But um, there is that famous story, maybe it's real, maybe it's apocryphal, of the train rolling up next to a church on Sunday morning in Nazi Germany filled with Jews banging on the boxcar from the inside, and they're singing away in church, and they hear the the crying out for help and the banging on the on the doors. And so what did the people in the good German church do? Well, they, they sang louder. And of well, course— that's the, listen, uh, th that is— um... I, I think that's probably apocryphal, but it doesn't matter. It's 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 it, it gives us the idea that's right. that there are people who have to bury their head in the sand because they can't bear to see what is happening. And when you have a religious excuse to do that, talk about the devil. I mean, what an evil thing! And so, yes, right now there are many people uh, in churches across America waking up and saying, "Our church has gone woke," or. Our church is not fighting against wokeism, and I don't want to be a part of something that is moral equivalent to the German churches that ignored Jews being sent to their horrible deaths in Treblinka and Auschwitz and these other places. Uh, we'll be exactly. right back talking to Dr. James Lindsay, uh, featured prominently in the documentary film Letter to the American Church coming out very soon. back uh, talking to Dr. James Lindsay. Um, you can find him at newdiscourses.com. And um, you've been an academic for how long? What is your, what is your biography there? 
Well, I think they kicked me out, but I started a PhD in 2003 and finished it in 2010. So, uh, however, whatever it counts as being an academic, whenever that that line was crossed, at at least 14, 15 years. But uh, the reason I bring it up is that you know that world. Um, you know that world infinitely better than I do because I ended my academic uh, career in 1984, and it's kind of a funny thing, really, that. You know, the world, as crazy as it was in the 80s, it's gotten crazier and crazier and crazier um, to the point where you have this uh, elite expert class in the academy that is spouting genuine nonsense, if there can be such a thing, absolute lunacy. And if you say anything against it, you'll lose your job. That is why... Claudine Gay kept her job as long as she did and why she's still a full professor at Harvard, which is now officially the worst university in the United States of America. It used to be the best. It is now the worst. It has no standards. The emperor has new clothes. And, you know, folks like you are at the forefront, James, of of pointing this out, that the, that the emperor has no clothes all along. We've been going along and along and along. And more and more people are looking around thinking, you see what I see? You see what I see? Yeah, the emperor has no clothes. Anybody dare to say it? All kinds of people are now daring to say it. And we're in a new world. I mean, we're seeing things. I think that the that, that Claudine Gay, you know, is just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. I think we're going to see we're going to see things that most of us couldn't have dreamt of because it's all coming down. Yeah, I think that's right. She really is, in a sense. I think she's basically the snowflake at the tip of the iceberg, uh, never mind all that's under the water. What I think we're going to see coming is, uh, obviously, her big scandal is this plagiarism scandal. We're, I think we're going to see that plagiarism is endemic in academia, particularly in these fields associated to to DEI, um, which is where she was doing her academic work. We're going to see it and aside from that which has been copied, it's starting to come to the fore what I tried to expose several years ago with the grievance studies affair where we wrote fake academic articles to show how bogus and simplistic and hilarious and, and low quality uh, academic work in those fields is. Well, that's coming out, too, because people are starting after Claudine Gay to start pulling dissertations. There was some, you know argument about that with Jill Biden's dissertation a couple of years ago when she asserted that she's a doctor and some people read it and it seems to be pretty low quality work. But I think what we're going to see is that the work is by it. The default is that the work is extremely low quality. I mean, stuff that shouldn't get you out of a out of a, a you know junior or senior level class, much less get you a PhD and a top job at Harvard. So I think we're about to see, like you said, that the veil is being pulled back on academia as extraordinarily fraudulent. The church is unfortunately going to see that much of the work that's been taking place in the seminaries, in the divinity schools, is similarly fraudulent. And it's high time, honestly. We've been basing our society off of this. We should be able to base our society off of the best available knowledge. And it's been incorrectly certified, corrupt certification for perhaps decades. And it's time to start cleaning house. Well, again, it, this is you know a market correction, folks. This is uh, you talk about long overdue. You talk about a bubble getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And when's it going to burst? Get out of the way because it is it's going to burst. It's bursting. They are bursting. The bubbles are bursting. And everywhere we look, we're seeing this. And the point of uh, letter to the American Church, the book and the documentary, is to say the church. If you dare, 
dare to call yourself some kind of Christian, you ought to be at the forefront of this. If you are not at the forefront of this, if your church is not at the forefront of this, you are the moral equivalent of those in the German churches that said, you know what, that's not our business. We're just going to keep our heads down. Oh, they may be killing Jews. That's none of our business. It is your business. God considers it your business. Uh, and we're living in a, in a, in a, in a holy moment. Um, we're at a time, Dr. James Lindsay, uh, thank you for being my guest. Yeah, as always, my pleasure. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.